0: Just stop. and hosanna come praise him. his endless joy is rising within me hosanna of this world are fleeting hosanna only jesus i praise him the hope Oh my His great love has rested on me Come praise Him, let us praise Him He gave me eternal Come on, praise Him. let us praise Him. He gave me eternal life. Although my past has passed away, a brand new life He has given, I will rejoice in thanksgiving. Let all the people see and praise the name of God. All of my past, all of my past, has passed away. A brand new life He has given me. I will rejoice. Giving. let all the people see and praise the name of God, there is nothing that can separate, His great love has rested. Let Alive. There, is nothing. there is nothing that can separate His great love has rested on me Come praise Him, let us pray Senhor Let us bow our heads.
1: Heavenly Fathers, we want to thank you this morning for bringing us here to be in the house of the Lord and for us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we thank you for the praise and the worship that was offered unto you, Lord. I pray, God, that it was pleasing in your sight, O God. We ask, God, for clean hands and a pure heart, not by our own merits, for we cannot stand on our own. But Lord, we surrender all of our sins, the depths that we've accumulated, our pride and our rebellious ways and we lay them down and we surrender them all at the feet of our King. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us today, especially this morning, that you have given us an opportunity to draw near to you. Lord, it's not just about us drawing near to you, but it is you you that draws near to the brokenhearted. It is because you love us first that is why we're able to draw near to you, Lord. So I pray now as you transition to the message, I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who are here listening, Lord, may it be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, oh God. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things. And your precious son, just cross me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, let's turn to our neighbor and greet one another at this time. All right, God bless you, everyone. Uh, Thank you for being here with us. We've been on this series of the war and we've been going over the armor of God. And today, I wanna talk to you about something that is very crucial and so important to the Christian life and today I want to talk to you about prayer. So far we've talked about the armor and now we're going to talk about prayer and I'm going to stick on the topic of prayer for the next few weeks because I want us to really understand what it means to be a Christian. If we're not praying, we are not living to the full extent, to the full potential, to the individual that the Lord has called you to be. Are we understanding? If we're not praying, and as the famous underrated preacher, Leonard Raven, who he says, you are praying. As Christians, we need to pray. Can we turn to our neighbor and say pray? pray. Ephesians 6.18, our main scripture for today, it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen and amen. amen. And this one verse alone, prayer is mentioned three times. And I would say that's very important. It is very, very important. Paul is teaching us to pray. An underrated preacher of his time, not mentioned enough, Leonard Raveno he says this, Prayer is not a preparation for the battle. It is the battle. Ministers who do not spend two hours a day in prayer are not worth a dime, a dozen, degrees or no degrees. No individual, I don't care how colossal his intellect, no person is greater than prayer life. Prayer is the most unexplored area of the Christian life. Prayerlessness is disobedience. For God's command is that men ought to always pray and not faint. To be prayerless is to fail God. Prayerlessness is disobedience. For God's command is that men ought to always pray and not faint. To be prayerless is to fail God. For he says, ask of me. No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are strained. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Much fashion, little passion. Many interferers, few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. Failing in prayer, we fail everywhere. Amen. And amen. Amen. I want to share with you some scripture from the gospel to show an evidence to us that in every great feat that Jesus did, there was prayer behind it. Jesus prayed. And if Jesus prayed, we too must pray. In Luke 5... The context is the healing of a man with leprosy. Verse 12 to 16, it says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded you, commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let's continue on. Next chapter, Luke 6, verse 12 to 13 the choosing of the 12 apostles. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to what? To pray. And spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Ephesus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. It says when he chose the apostles, Jesus prayed. He spent the whole night praying. And we know prayer is all throughout scripture. Matthew 14, when Jesus walks on water, what does Jesus do? When Peter tries to walk on water, and he does for a short while, and then he drowns, what does Jesus do? It says in verse 22, of chapter fourteen of Matthew, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of Him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain side by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on. The lake, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sickness, all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. Amen. And amen. Amen. And the last example that I want to share with you is the final moment, one of the final moments of Jesus before he dies on the cross, before he is crucified. If you turn with me to Matthew 26, 36 to 46, the Garden of Gethsemane. What is Jesus doing? What is he found doing? He is found praying. going a little farther he fell with his face to the ground and prayed my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as i will but as you will then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour he asked peter watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak he went away a second time and prayed my father if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless i drink it may your will be done When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Amen. And amen. In the midst of every great feat, in the midst of every work that the Lord was doing, there was prayer. And in the midst of prayer, what was there? What other thing was there? There was Satan. There was Judas. Satan has prompted his heart to do the work of evil. Why do you pray? Because this is a spiritual warfare. Whenever there is a plan of God, there is a plan of the enemy, there is a plan of Satan. What is his plan? To destroy you to destroy your faith, to destroy the work of God. But we need to overcome through what? Through prayer. It's not a legalistic thing where we depend on prayer, but it is who we pray to. It is the Holy Spirit that is within us that teaches us to pray in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our testings. It teaches us to pray. So if Christ prayed, what is our excuse? We have no excuse. Can we once again turn to our neighbor and say, "We need to pray. We need to pray. Let us pray. Amen. And amen. amen. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Fathers, I want to thank you once again for your word and for showing us and revealing to us of who you are. Lord, thank you for giving us this word today on the topic of prayer. And I pray, God, that it would take deep root in our heart and it's it's sown within us. I pray that we'll reap the benefit of the kingdom growth, the kingdom mindset, and the kingdom heart. Lord, may we desire and always want to honor you and to do the work that you have called us to do. I pray for this time right now, for this message. I pray for protection and for your guidance, Lord. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. We thank you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Prayer is so simple that even children can pray. Yet, as adults, we complicate it. We know that prayer is simple enough, yet it's mysterious. It is so simple that even a child can do it, but even the disciples, they asked Jesus. They asked the adults, would ask Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So prayer, again, is one of the easiest things we can do, but at the same time, it is one of the hardest things we can do. Why? We know that it's a good thing, but it is hard. Why? Again, going back to the gospel, because it is spiritual warfare. Seems simple enough, because we know that prayer is talking to God. It's a communication to the Lord, to our Father, to Christ, with Holy Spirit. But we must remember that when we pray, we're entering a realm, the realm of the spiritual warfare. This generation has taught people to pray to what? To manipulate to control to control people, to control others. Maybe you can control the living God. Somehow we think prayer is a genie to earn some brownie points, to build bricks, to help build our mansions in heaven. That is not the case. We pray because we are in the midst of the battle. We are in the midst of the war. We pray because Christ prayed. And because we're in the midst of the war, if we're not praying, we are dying. That's why the devil tries so hard to prevent us from praying. If you ask a lot of young people in this generation, they do not know how to pray. They're just like the disciples. They say, Jesus teaches us how to pray because we don't know how to pray. So today, I want to talk to you guys about what prayer is and why God calls us to pray. And I'm going to give us some points. And we're going to learn today what it means to pray. And we're going to stick on this topic for the next few weeks. Amen? So, point number one prayer is communication. It equals communication. What is communication? Listening to God, speaking to God, hearing Him. It's about staying in His presence, right? It's a relationship, it's a communication. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray what? Pray continually. Other translation says, always. Other translation says, pray without ceasing. It says, to pray. Pray continually. So the question is, when you read that passage, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, how do we pray continually? How do we pray Always. And it's praying continually And always even possible What if we run out of words To pray and say Simple Listen to the Lord Can we turn to our neighbor and say "Listen." listen Prayer is not just about speaking always But it's also about listening always Meaning the mind Is always in the attitude Of prayer Because sometimes We can't physically make our body We cannot go on our knees So we Allow our mind, we teach our mind to always be in the attitude of prayer. I know the definition I gave was about listening, but there is a difference Between listening and hearing. Because we need to go from listening to hearing and to doing and also being the person that the Lord called you to be. There is a difference between listening and hearing. You can be hearing. You could be hearing the noise outside. You can be hearing from one ear to the other. Or you could be really listening. And we need to get to that point where we listen. And the question is, are we really listening to the Lord? When I say listening, when I say listen, I mean follow. Are we following? Are we understanding? You ever lose connection, T-Mobile, anyone? I think there's only one. Jesus says, they may be ever seeing, but never preserving, and ever hearing, but never what? Understanding, listening. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to go back to the basics. Prayer is not just one way where we speak to the Lord, but we need to listen. We need to go back, like the maths back in the day. The problem these days is that there's too much noise, too much information, too much social media, too many people saying all these things to you, but we need to simplify it and go back to the Word. To the word of God and we need to pray and we need to listen, not just listen, but hear his voice through the word because God is speaking to us and we need to listen to the right voice. What is the voice? It's the only voice that counts. It's his voice and how do we hear his voice? It is through the word of God. That's why you cannot have prayer without the word. You cannot have the word without prayer. We need both. We need to use it together to communicate with the Lord. We need to hear his voice through the word of God. Amen. So again, prayer is communication. Number two, prayer equals climb. It's about the climb. Climbing. Climb means to what? Go up. You climb to go up on the hill to the top. You need to be willing to go up to the mountain. It's not easy. It's a climb. That's why you see it in the, throughout the Gospels. Jesus, in Matthew 14, 23, and after he had dismissed them, we read earlier, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. We need to learn how to climb with the Lord and to pray on the mountaintop. First Kings 19, we know the story of Elijah, the great Elijah, where he wants to give up, and he's tired, and he's worn out. And after eating and drinking, after he is fed by the Lord, Elijah travels 40 days and 40 nights until he reaches Horeb, which is the mountain of God. So prayer is a climb. It's not easy, but we need to climb up. Amen? Climb up. Number three, prayer is a place. Prayer equals place. It could be a room, but really I'm not talking about a physical place. When I say place, I'm talking about a place where you encounter the Lord, where you encounter God. Place means encounter. It's not experience where it just comes and goes. It's not emotions, but it's an encounter where you see the Lord and you seek his face. That's what Jesus he teaches us in Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, what does he say? Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward Jew. So that place is the secret place. And that secret place, why does he call us to go to the secret place? Why? Why does he call us to go to the secret place? Because that's where we encounter the Lord. So again, place, prayer, is what? So point letter A, secret place. Secret place, in other words, it is, what I'm trying to say is it is between you and And the Lord is between you and God. B, it is about God. It keeps us away from distractions and noises. So many people want to go to a cafe with cold brew and they want to pray. Maybe that works for like a minute. Too many distractions, too many music, too many noises. It is about God. It's, it's a time of solitude between you and the Lord. See, pure motive. Why do we need to learn and build the discipline to pray on our own? Because it shows the motive of the heart. Because Jesus wants to teach us about the motives of our hearts when we pray. Why do we pray out loud in gatherings? Is it to impress others? Why do we like to pray in front of people? Is it to show them how eloquent we are when we pray? The motive of the heart, that's important. D, it's spiritual warfare, as I mentioned earlier. Prayer allows us to enter into the spiritual realm of spiritual warfare. I'll say it again. Prayer allows us to enter into the spiritual realm of spiritual warfare. This is warfare. And lastly, E, make impact. Make impact, make impact, make impact. When God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot, Abraham's nephew, is living there. And Abraham asked the Lord, if you find 50, 45, 40, he goes by five, one by one. If you find a righteous individual, would you save and spare this place for the sake of my nephew, Lot? And God was willing, but could not find any righteous individual. Therefore God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And we see that through prayer, we can make impact. Just like when we pray, when we go on missions, we pray for no rain and really no rain ever. Whenever we do mission work, the times where we're seeing rain is when we get into the car and we start driving, then rain, yes, and then we go out, it's gone. It allows us to make an impact, influence events and people's lives here on earth. That's when we're sick, when we're undergoing trials and struggles, we ask people to pray. Would you be able to pray for me? And Jesus often went alone to the secret place, the intimate place, to encounter the Father, that place, away from the crowd, away. God can be impersonal but God calls us to be in a relationship, to be connected, to go deeper. Ronnie was sharing in his work, sometimes they do a call with over 2,000 people. I mean, that's crazy. I can't even imagine how you can even do that. But it needs to be one-on-one. In a corner of your room, corner of a closet, on a cushion or on a hard floor, sitting on a small table with the post-it notes, always have your Bible, always have a journal and a pen. But it's a place where you encounter God. It could be church early in the morning. It could be in your laundry room, closet. Doesn't matter. If you don't have one, I want to encourage you to find that place. Again, the place is what? place where you encounter the Lord. Number four, prayer equals embrace. Embrace. In other words, you are embraced by who? The living God. Matthew eleven thirty, Jesus says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's saying, I will carry you. He will carry us. He is yoked with us neck to neck walking beside us, strengthening us. We've talked about John before. John, he is a very unique individual, right? He is the only disciple that is not martyred. He also speaks about himself in a very peculiar way. He calls himself the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. So he's saying, I am the most loved, right? Out of all the other disciples, I am the one that's loved. And in John 13, as Jesus predicting that someone is going to betray, right? And among the 12, you couldn't even imagine someone would betray, right? Because it's Jesus. I mean, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I mean, we've lived with him for three years, and how can anyone even think about betraying him? But Jesus, he knows the heart of human beings, and he predicts that someone will betray. And Jesus, he says in John 13, again, who is the author? John. He says, very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. He is quoting Jesus. His disciples stare at one another. You see all of them staring at one another at a loss to know which of them he met. One of them, disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Who is that person? one of the disciples whom Jesus loved was reclining next to him. He's talking about himself. He's talking about himself. And then John loves to clown Peter, right? He's saying, Simon Peter, he goes on, motion to this disciple. Who is this disciple? He's talking about himself. Me, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And said, ask him. Ask him which one he means. Right? He's just kind of implying Peter is not really that bright and he's a coward and because he could ask himself, Jesus, who is it? But he says, because I am favored by Jesus, he asked me to do it. And then he goes on in his description, he says, leaning back against Jesus. talk talking about himself. He asked him, Lord, who is it? And we could look at that and think he is full of himself, but that's not the case. Jesus wants us to be full of ourselves with him. He wants us to chase him the most. More than anything else, he loves when we lean against Jesus, towards Jesus. He loves when we say things like, I am a disciple whom Jesus loves. In other translation, it says, lying on the breast of Jesus, right? You're not on a subway and you don't just randomly on a stranger, you lie in the chest of somebody. You get punched, you get pushed, you get cursed at. You only lie on the breast and the chest of somebody because you are close to them, because you're in a relationship with them, So it says here clearly in John 13, the one Jesus loved, clearly he dearly put his head on his shoulder, which reveals the closeness of John, the comfort between John and Jesus. That's why John, he's the author that eventually writes the book of Revelation at the island of Patmos in the book of Revelation. And he is the only one, only disciple, the only apostle to not die through martyrdom. But he dies of old age. You only lean to those you are close to and are comfortable with. So, in the same way, Jesus invites us to lean on him, to be embraced, to rest in his arms. And the greatest and the most important apologetic. To the Christian faith, is to know the heart of the father. It's to know the heart of the father. And what is the heart of the father? It's the story of the prodigal son. Run back to the father. God is waiting. The father is waiting. And he is running and embracing his child. In a few months when Brother Enrico sees his son, Eric, Imagine he doesn't run to him. Imagine he doesn't embrace him. So what kind of father is that? So all right, go over there. Come here, Will. (laughs) Good job, Will. Time for Will. It will come. But right now, I'm sure, with the heart of the father, Brother Enrico's praying hard for Eric. And that's the greatest apologetic the lesson that we need to learn as Christians. We need to know the heart of the Father. He's waiting for us. The prodigal son, the prodigal daughter. God is waiting, running, and he wants to embrace his child. So number four, again, prayer is embrace. Amen. Number five, prayer is excel. Can we open up our computer and open up Excel? No, it's joking. Can we turn to our neighbor and go, "Ah." In Korean culture, that's not a good thing, right? Like, Hansum, don't do that. But in the Christian faith, it is a good thing. Because sometimes all we got is, "Ah." Sometimes we don't even need to say a word. Because the Lord is saying to us, I weep with you, and I am here for you. The scripture says, weep with those who weep, and rejoice with those who rejoice. You don't know what to say. It's okay. For again, he is yoked with us. And sometimes all we need to say is, Lord, a desire for you to hold my heart and to collect my tears at this moment. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. <sighs> Just be in His presence. Another way to pray is also writing. Writing your journal. I share that story of the journal with the tear mark. Sometimes that's all you need, and it, it brings memory that that was the day, it was that time the Lord touched. My heart amen exhale and number six prayer is growth prayer equals growth when you pray you will grow in wisdom I mean just like when you exercise you will get stronger it's like as you're exercising you can't make yourself weaker it's just the way of the nature you will grow in wisdom when you pray it's just part of the journey For those who are not growing in wisdom, it means that they're not praying. For those Christians, quote-unquote Christians, who are staying in the same place, always defeated by the same things, they're not growing. Why? Because they're not exercising. In the background, they're doing something else. They're eating junk food. They're feeding themselves with things that are harmful to them. In front of people, they look like they're exercising. In front of people, they sound good. When they pray, wow, it's amazing. But in the background, in the secret place, they're cheating. They're eating junk. They're feeding themselves with junk. That's why they're not growing in wisdom. We need to look at the fruit of that person's life. We grow in wisdom, we grow in forgiveness. We grow in grace. Again, the point before was excel, but it's about now inhaling and excelling his presence. You breathe his presence. Just as God breathed into the nostril of Adam, meaning human beings, to give life, we need to breathe his presence. And when we breathe his presence, when we pray, we will grow upward in character and we'll grow downward, meaning rooted close to his heart. We will grow not only downward, but upward as well. And we will remain steadfast. One of the difficult things, the teachings from Jesus is to pray for our enemies. We pray, God, lightning. Sometimes, maybe. We use prayer to bless in persecution. That's what Jesus taught us. When attacked, we respond with meekness by falling on our knees to pray. When people shouted, he deserves to die. When Jesus is being persecuted. It says, then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him. Imagine that scene. Jesus being slapped, sped on, being punched. The king of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus could have easily destroyed every single one of them. Michael, come, get him. But what does Jesus pray? He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. I would say that's growth. It's easy to bring vengeance on people. It's easy to bring revenge, to seek revenge on people. But it's another thing where we grow in character, where we grow in the heart of God, and we are able to forgive them and prayer of forgiveness as Jesus did for they do not know what they're doing. But we need to be wise and ask the Lord, if this is where you need me to be, because there's a season where you need to let go. You need to move forward. You can't always be in a place where it's abusive. It takes wisdom. The wisdom comes from the secret place. Secret place is the place where we encounter God. And how do you encounter God? Prayer, 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 which leads to our last point here, seven. I try really hard to to make get number seven. Ronnie's hoping that we did up to six. It's like darn, no. seven. Prayer equals my identity is secure. My identity is secure. What do I mean by that? My identity becomes sure. As I mentioned John earlier in John 13, John was a disciple of Jesus that knew who he was and whose he was. He called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. John called himself as a disciple whom Jesus loves. And you may think, oh, he is narcissistic. He's full of himself. No, this is a healthy way to see ourselves. It's a healthy security, and we need more of this. We need to call ourselves as a disciple whom Jesus loved. I am the one that Jesus loves. We need to have that confidence, because if you can't stand upon that truth, when attacks come, when influences come, when... Pure pressure comes. We will fall. We'll break because we want to please that person rather than Christ. But our goal is to uh, to please Christ, not a family member, not a friend, not the relationship that we're in, not the school director or our peers, our boss. But we're here to please one individual. And who is he? It's Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you tomorrow when you're on your subway or at work or in your Zoom call, Ronnie, I want you to turn to your co-worker and say, do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know who I am? I'm Ronnie. The one whom Jesus loves." <laughs> Fired, (laughs) reported. What I'm trying to say is we need to say, I am his. We need to have that confidence. So ending with these three sub points here. And I always say this, and I hope that you'll remember this for the rest of your life. Letter A, who I am. B, whose I am. And C, why I am here. I know. So many people spend their whole lives searching for it elsewhere, and they're forever lost. They get everything they want, and they're still lost. But if you're at a young age, in your your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, while you're still young, and you know the mission, and you have a mission for your life, and you know why you're here, and your mission is clear then you're truly blessed there's nothing else that can bring you satisfaction other than this truth and the way we access all the blessings that we just pointed out here in these points that prayer is communication prayer is climb prayer is a place prayer is embrace prayer is excel prayer is growth prayer is where my identity becomes secure, where my identity becomes sure, is through prayer. Jesus taught us to pray. Jesus is teaching us today to pray. He's reminding us once again to pray. He's telling us to pray, 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 pray. Without prayer, as Pastor Ravenhill said, we are playing. If we're not praying, we are strained, and we are lost. It's not just about singing. It's not about the preaching or the speaking. We need to be guided and supported in prayer. We need to pray. We need to intercede. Why? Because it's a spiritual war Fair, You are in a spiritual realm of spiritual warfare. If we fail in prayer, we will fail everywhere. Imagine going on a mission trip, imagine doing an event without praying. Imagine that, how quickly we'll be destroyed. We need to pray. So going back to our main passage, let's all read together and closing with this, ready? One, two, three. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen. And amen. And amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, You are blessed today because you are able to pray to the living God. And God, he's teaching us today. That he loves you not only does he love you but prayer is a means is a way for us to know the heart of the father so i pray today that you would draw near to his heart as he draws near to your heart amen and amen and with this last and closing song where it says lord it was you who created the heavens lord it was your hands that put the stars in their place Lord, it is your voice that commands the morning. Even oceans and their waves will bow at your feet. As we sing this, let us know and remember who our God is. He is so big and powerful enough that he holds the stars in his place. It says he knows each star by their name. And the number of stars is endless. But yet he is humble enough to know and to hear the cries of your heart, to know the number of hair on your heads, to hold you when you are falling down, to hear your voice when we are voiceless, when we are attacked. He reaches out his hands to us, and he tells us, and he's teaching us today to pray. Because to pray means to seek me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So as you sing this song, I want to encourage you as we're led by the Lord and by His presence. If you need to pray, pray. If you want to sing and worship, worship. But let's be free here in this place and encounter the living God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us on how to pray. Thank you for reaching out to us when we are lost and we are broken. Thank you for loving us for who we are.
0: Lord, it is your as a sinner
1: and as a rebellious individual
0: the and
1: for providing morning, us a way for us
0: even to run to you, Lord. Their way,
1: and God, you teach us.
0: Your feet.
1: You teach us, Lord. And you remind us.
0: Lord, who am I?
1: But the way to
0: Prepare salvation to is through Christ Lord and through Christ alone.
1: There is no other way. Let me pray to you right now with humility. Lord, we seek your face I with humility. To your we need you right now, God. Holy Spirit, teach us your ways to walk in the truth. I am your being. we pray against attack and the plan of the enemy, God. Your queen. We ask God that you strengthen us and restore us So that our joy may be complete and found in Christ Lord you love us and you know us You teach us us to pray to you and to seek your face and spirit and
0: truth
1: Lord we need you here today Lord come and have your your way
0: Lord we need you today Your queen Shut
1: for your people
0: here in this place. And you love me. Without as your presence, God, everything would go to infinity. We need you right
1: now, God, to just your ways to walk in the
0: truth. We're your
1: here today to encounter you, Unashamed to encounter the living God.
0: Call your I am, am your, your beloved. beloved.
1: We sing the song all together, and I ask you to stand. I will I want to invite you to place your right hand to the left side of your chest, your heart representing your life. And I want to encourage you to give your life to Christ and to surrender your worries, to surrender your anxieties at his feet. Too long you've been trying to overcome, you've been trying to endure in your own strength. But surrender your heart to Christ surrender all of your worries to christ in your heart is where everything is and lay down your everything at his feet ask the lord to give you a new heart to transform your heart and to give you new desires and to give you courage to give you confidence and conviction that is found in jesus christ can we come together right now and surrender our lives surrender our hearts and lay them at the feet of our King. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. Heavenly Father, we need you. I lay down my life and I lay down my heart before you, God. I ask, God, that you would come and restore our broken heart, O oh God. Our broken lives, O oh Lord. Restore us, O oh God. Instill within us a passion for your name. A true conviction true confidence and true courage in the midst of all the attacks of the enemy
0: That
1: we understand here today that we remind you here today that when we're in the plan of God where we are under you that there is a plan of the enemy also that is out to destroy us we understand the Satan will use his power to destroy us, his deception to deceive us, to slander us. Our adversary will try his best to bring those who are under your banner for our faith to be destroyed like Judas although we rise up right now we rise up
0: and we stand
1: on our feet and we are on our knees and we shall overcome and we have overcome and we will overcome for those who are in christ shall not be destroyed but shall overcome as elijah rose from his slumber as you give him food and a drink as you went Father, we to the mountain of Horeb to, to the mountain of God everything that's, we know that God will steps, rise up and we will overcome all the attacks and all the flaming arrows of the evil one the flaming arrows of the evil side. one so God we put on the frame. full armor of God we put on the full armor of our God. Oh, Lord, we need you here today. Holy Spirit, have your way within us here today. Lord, we put on the armor of God. Oh, Lord, the belt of truth. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Oh, Lord, we need you. The shield of faith, and the sword of your word. And we put on the helmet of salvation. With the feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. We pray to you, O oh Lord. We put on the full armor of God. In this mist of warfare, we fight. We get up. We fight for you. We fight for one another. We'll have one another's back through prayer. To help block and to extinguish the arrows of the evil one. We need you here today, Holy Spirit. Come and have your word. your ways to walk so in the truth. we
0: will not be swayed by this world. Or All us. we need we you here today. And our faith will be still. Teach us
1: your ways. All of us. Through you. Help us to see. Only you your home. face. You are spirit and truth. We need you desperately here today. Lord, we need you. Lord, heal us, oh Lord. Our broken hearts, God. May our desires come. Your desires, oh Lord, to know the heart of the Father, to know that we are loved. To know who I am And to know whose am I Whose I am And why I'm here, Lord I know, I know, and I know I'm a disciple whom Jesus loves You love me And I love you, Lord And I take pride in that truth All the pride destroying The only truth that I'll stand upon is that, God, that I am loved and that I know who I am and whose I am. Lord, we are here today to be embraced by you, to know you, to be transformed by you, and to be healed by you. Lord, have your way within us. Strengthen us. Cast aside every other desire that is not of you. But we need you here today, Lord, we need you. Oh, God, have your way. Oh, God, we need you. Can we all stand to our feet and say, Lord, it was you who created the heavens?
0: Lord, it was you. The comments the morning Even oceans and their ways Will bow at your feet Lord, who am I compared to your glory?
1: beloved
0: I am, am your beloved
1: one more time your beloved I am, am your
0: beloved am
1: your beloved Amen, Amen. We I just want to thank you for reminding us again of who we are and whose we are and know who and why we are here and for giving us security in our identity that is found in Jesus Christ. We just want to thank you for your word. We just want to thank you for your presence. We just want to thank you for your faithfulness, for your patience towards us and your pursuit to us just like the prodigal son, like the prodigal daughter, we run into the Father's arms. And we will know and we know the Father's heart who loves us and who died for us and who gave himself for us. So I wanna thank you for your grace and for your presence and for your mercy. Amen. I pray you protect us this week. Again, when there's a plan of God, There's also a plan of Satan. But as overcomers and as Christians, we shall overcome and we will overcome and we have overcome as you read and as we studied in the book of Revelation. We thank you for your grace once again. We thank you for your mercy once again. We thank you for your presence once again. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you. We love you. We pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, we are alert. We will always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray all these things in your precious Son. Just cross in me pray. And God's people pray, amen, amen. amen. and amen. amen, amen. Let's close our service with our final and closing song. The path of life in Jesus. We'll sing it just one time through. And I'll close this up in benediction. Let us sing together. Let's resume back to our seat, and let's get ready to close our service with the benediction. All right, Uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, do not remember the sins of our youth and our rebellious ways, but according to your love, remember us, for you, Lord, are good. And now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, present you blameless, pure, and holy before his holy presence. May you know and encounter the unending love of the Father, and may the Lord continue to pursue after you, guide you, and lead you forevermore. And as God's people we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you all in the back. God bless you.